Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the Budget-Minded Traveler podcast, episode 14. Welcome to the Budget-Minded Traveler podcast, your source for the tips and tactics that will inspire and equip you to travel the world. And the best part, it won't break your bank. And now, the Budget-Minded Traveler herself and your host, Jackie LaLainen. Hey guys, how's it going today? Welcome to episode 14 of the Budget Minded Traveler podcast. Um, Today's episode is about one of my favorite things in Europe. (laughs) It's actually about one of my favorite festivals. And if you have seen my blog enough or know me at all, you probably already know that that is Oktoberfest. I have to admit I'm a little bit addicted. And I'm talking about Oktoberfest in Munich, in Germany. The first time I went was in 2008. My brother and I had been traveling throughout Europe for five crazy weeks. And we took a train from Austria into Munich in the morning. And we locked our our bags, our backpacks in lockers in the Munich train station and ventured out to go experience Oktoberfest for the first time. And unfortunately that day, two things happened. First of all, it was a weekend. So on a weekend that generally means, you know, people aren't working, they go to Oktoberfest. So it was really, really packed with people. And The other problem was that it was a rainy day. And so we didn't even make it inside any of the tents. And that's because since it was raining, all the tents were already at capacity. Since we had taken a train in, we didn't get there right when it opened and we were late. And so we didn't make it inside. So anyone who was on the outside just had to stay there. And what I mean by the outside is just directly outside of the tents. You can, you can walk into Oktoberfest freely. It's just the tents that get full and they stop letting people in. And of course they still serve food and beer and everything on the outside. It's just a little bit different. Um, there's tons of vendors and rides. Oktoberfest is kind of like a state fair, um, slash amusement park, like for adults because of the drinking that happens there. But it, the outside of the tents is still really fun. It's just the fact that that first year, since it was rainy and, you know, we were outside, that was kind of a bummer. But we definitely learned something that year. And I'm almost glad that that was our first year that we didn't get inside because we didn't know at that time what we were missing out on. And so our experience was still awesome. And then it was actually the, the very next year that Nate and I had decided to move to Italy. And we traveled around Europe after living in Italy for four months. And we hit up Oktoberfest again with three of our friends, including my brother who came over to Europe to meet us. And that was the first year that we got inside the tents. And oh my goodness, Oktoberfest changed. It was so... Okay, so I've actually been to Oktoberfest in Germany four times. And every time I go, 
I have an amazing day there. And yes, I always only go for one day. I think it's enough, but it's just so much fun to go. And so I might be slightly biased, but I do think that it's an experience that if you're a traveler, you should experience it at some point in your travels. And so this episode is all about Oktoberfest. And it was inspired by a friend of mine whose name is Christy. She texted me a while back and said, hey, quick question for Oktoberfest. Where do you stay? How do you get reservations? What are the best tents? Any recommendations would be helpful, etc." something like that. And what's funny about that, I think, is the quick question part, because I then responded to her with the longest text I'd ever typed with my two thumbs. You know, I don't even think I use Siri voice to, to, to type that one. And then I looked at it thinking, I definitely need to do a post or an episode or something about this because this is just simply not a quick answer. So that's why we're here today with an episode full of Oktoberfest information for everything that you should know if you're going to go to Oktoberfest And I'm excited because it's one of my favorite things to talk about. Well, I love talking about travel anyway, but Oktoberfest is just so much fun that I will probably get a a little bit enthusiastic throughout this episode. (laughs) So right now it's currently the end of July in 2014 and Oktoberfest starts contrary to popular belief at the end of September. And so there is time, um, of course, still to plan to go this year if you want to. And I wanted to, you know, help out anyone listening who does plan to go this year. And of course, you can always refer back to this in the future if your plan is to go at some point in the future. So in this episode, we're going to talk about what Oktoberfest is, um, you know, why, why it exists, essentially. Um, but also the planning part of it, you know, where to stay, when to go, the cost, what to expect for the cost. Um, which tents I like the best, appropriate dress, the scoop about reservations, what is not to be missed, and also some safety tips to follow while you're there. And that's pretty much why this couldn't possibly be answered in a text message because I have a lot to say about it. So first of all, I did write a post about why you should put Oktoberfest on your bucket list. And there are some fun facts about Oktoberfest that I put in that post. And I'll link to it on the show notes page. But I wanted to share a couple of those here with you now so that you know why Oktoberfest exists and when and where it takes place, etc. And, and why, why that is. And this section will be pretty short, but I do think that it's important. Um, Oktoberfest started in 1810 with a royal wedding and a horse race. And the yearly tradition came from the idea to have that horse race every year. And that continued until 1960, which is also when Oktoberfest became an enormous world famous festival. And it is held in a meadow in Munich named after the crown princess from that royal wedding. And the meadow is always where it has taken place. Um, It was originally held in October, but it was pushed up to September for better weather. And it sees almost 7 million people per year, making it the largest fair in the world. But the cool fact about this is that well over half 
Um, I think it was in, in, in the last few years, they, they, they came up with this statistic that about 72% of attendees are in fact Bavarian, which makes it definitely still a German tradition, despite all the travelers that go to it. I am fascinated by the history of it, but that's all I'm going to talk about here. I will link to more about that if you are interested in learning a little bit more, a little bit more about why Oktoberfest exists and, and the story behind it, because it's pretty fascinating. I mean, it's been over 200 years that this has been um, a tradition in Germany. So anyway, we can get to the planning of it now. So first of all, remember that... It usually, okay, so it usually ends the first Sunday in October. So most of it actually takes place at the end of September. And it's two weeks. It's, it goes over three weekends, essentially. So if you are flexible with your dates at all, I would recommend going to Oktoberfest during the week, during one of, you know, during the weekdays to avoid the weekend crowds and the hotel prices. And you can also check the Oct the official Oktoberfest schedule, which I'll put a link to that on the show notes page because there are different events and things like family day or um, special parades or, or just all sorts of things going on at any given day throughout the entire fest that you may want to know about to be able to plan around. Um, and that schedule will also give you the exact dates and times of everything so you can decide which day or days will, will work for you to go. And once you have your dates set, you should arrange your accommodations immediately. Hotels and even hostels at any given time during Oktoberfest will cost you up to 10 times what they normally cost. Yeah, seriously, all the prices are sky high. And yes, this is normal. If you are going with a group, which I assume most people do, look at hotels. You can use booking.com to find the best deals. That's what I always use. I'll put a link to that on the show notes page. And, um, you know, go in on one room that you can split with other people to save money. In this time during Oktoberfest, hostels are, in my opinion, not the way to go. Because with hostels, you pay by the bed. And so you will literally find beds going for a hundred euros at the time, a bed that would normally cost you 15 to 20 euros will cost you a hundred euros during Oktoberfest. Like maybe just if you wait to the last minute, I don't know, but I've seen that price before and yeah, that's ridiculous, but people pay for it. So, you know, you, you won't be spending much time at your hotel or your hostel. So I recommend just finding the cheapest option out there, which you must do ahead of time. And that way you have more money to spend at the fest itself. Um, and remember, don't limit yourself just to Munich proper. You know, there's a great train system around there. And you can look at any of the towns on the train routes outside of Munich for, for more, you know, cheaper places to stay. And then you can get the, they call it a lender ticket. It's a regional German train tickets. And you can have up to five people can travel on one ticket. And they're like 30. I mean, they change. Um, but I think like the Bavaria one last time we went was 37 euros. And it's good for 24 hours. And so five people can travel on the trains for 37 euros in the same day. I guess it's, it's not necessarily 24 hours, but it's by the day. So, And that's a set price. So whatever it is at the time, you guys can just split it. Um, 
So those are a couple of tips to make the accommodations cheaper for you. Um, the first year that we went in 2008, I mentioned already that we came in on a train from Austria, Innsbruck to be exact. And then that night we actually took an overnight train to Berlin. So we didn't even mess with finding accommodations in Munich. It was, I mean, the whole thing was sort of, sort of last minute. I don't remember putting much thought into going to Oktoberfest. We kind of just went and it was on our route, you know, it was on the way and we just made it work and it was fine. It was totally fine to do last minute without accommodations because you can just get out of there on the trains, you know? So, um, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily recommend doing that. I didn't really sleep on that train. I don't really sleep on trains or planes or anything. Um, so I mean, not necessarily recommended, but it's a really cheap way to just get out of there and, and save a whole bunch of money if that is what you want to do. And then the second year, the year after we got lucky that year, we were actually couch surfing in Italy, um, months before. And we met a family who, who lived in Bavaria they were at a couch surfing dinner that we were at, like in the town we were in. And, um, we ended up couch surfing with them then just, it, they live just outside of Munich on the train routes that I mentioned. Um, we stayed, we got to stay with them during Oktoberfest and which obviously made that free for us. I mean, with couch surfing, you don't pay for accommodations. All we paid for was the, the, the regional train ticket for, I think we had, there were five of us that year. They, they hosted all five. It was amazing. They hosted all five of us, but we had five people. We had that train ticket. It was cheap for us to go back and forth the couple of times that we needed to get into Munich center. Um, that being said though, I can tell you that the only reason that worked out is because we had met them ahead of time in Italy and they invited us to their house. Um, and we actually stayed with them again last year when we went in 2013, which was super fun to catch back up with them, but don't expect anyone to let you couch surf with them during Oktoberfest. I mean, I'm sure you can imagine as a host, you probably get like a million requests during Oktoberfest. And what do you do? You just shut it down. Nope. I'm not accepting anybody. I know all you guys are just coming here to party, whatever it is. They have their reasons. I've never heard of a couch surfing host accepting anyone to to couch surf with them during Oktoberfest. So while it's a great program, and if you haven't heard, if you don't know what couch surfing is, I'll put some links on the show notes page. Um, I did a post about it and I also just recently did an interview as a guest on another podcast. So I'll put links to that so you can learn about that program. It's a wonderful program, but I would not recommend counting on it at all for Oktoberfest. So plan ahead with your accommodations if you don't plan on taking the trains in and out. Um, and one day really is all you need. So keep that in mind because it makes it easier for the trains. All right, moving on to cost. Oktoberfest is expensive, which is also why one day is enough. It doesn't cost anything to walk into Oktoberfest itself, nor does it cost anything to enter a tent. You only pay for what you buy, I guess, if that makes sense. So beers come in steins. They're one liter each and they all cost around 10 euros per beer. And that is about $13 US per stein. And that's not counting tip. If you love your server, you will tip them. The servers are amazing women. They're 
strength will make your jaw drop. When you see a woman my size carrying 10 full steins, five in each fist, wow, it's incredible. You take pictures of that stuff. <laughs> anyway, tip your servers, keep some extra Euro coins, you know, in your pockets just, just for this purpose. Um, food is also around 10 euros for a plate, which usually they have, um, you know, special set plates for the day. Um, so then if you get a plate of food, it'll, it'll probably be around 10 euros. There's a lot of concession foods that are cheaper than that, but like within the tents, usually you're going to look at 10 euros for a plate of something. And I would classify the food as not to be missed. And some of the tents have a daily special, kind of like I was mentioning. Just get that. It's part of the experience. And it's going to be some sort of traditional Bavarian dish. And then outside the tents, you have concessions, a lot more food, souvenirs, rides. Everything costs money. Um, I think the Ferris wheel was about 8 euros for a ride the last time we went. And that's, you know, 16 euros for two of us. That's a quick 20 bucks out the window. And my friends and I usually have anywhere from two to four steins of beer each. And we all need to eat. And of course, you have to ride the ride. So um, just be sure to plan accordingly. Bring cash with you. Bring enough cash with you before you even get to Oktoberfest. So moving on to the tents. I have been in about four different tents and they really are all different. Not to mention that they serve different beer. And by the way, I have to add this part about the beer because I find it fascinating. Every beer served at Oktoberfest is brewed within Munich city limits. It is at least 6% alcohol and it is brewed by one of six eligible breweries. And that is what enables it to be classified as Oktoberfest beer. So it really is unique and special. And I think that's pretty cool. Also, if too much beer is not your cup of tea, you can ask for a Radler, which is a stein that's it's like half beer, half lemonade. And so it, it tends to be, you know, obviously sweeter, but it won't, it doesn't have so much alcohol. So anyway, back to the tents. Um, you do not need a reservation to get into the tents, but if it is a weekend or late in the day, they may already be full. So keep that in mind and just go early. My favorite tent is the Hofbrau tent. And if you know anything about Oktoberfest, let me explain before you roll your eyes at me. Um, I say that because Hofbrau is the most popular among Americans and Aussies and New Zealanders and Brits and, you know, there's kind of a trend there of English speaking people, but I like it because the experience that I get there is, is the reason that I go to Oktoberfest. It is the most lively by far of all the tents that I've been in, which include, let's see, I've been in the Palaner tent, Lowenbrau and Spaten. And so for me, the most lively is the best atmosphere. Um, there's a band that plays traditional Oktoberfest music. There's a big stage. And um, after four years, we're getting to know that music and can actually participate in some of the <laughs> sing-alongs, which is just fun. It's just fun. But there are some videos on my YouTube channel and also in the post that I did about Oktoberfest. And, and I'll link to those. Um, those show the the band and all the people in the tents dancing and cheersing, etc. And um, I don't, I don't know if that's actually a word, but cheersing. Yeah. And, uh, it's just plain fun. You learn a couple of the little songs and <laughs> anyway. Okay. So 
in the Hofbrau tent, there is a trick about where to stand. And yes, I did say stand, not sit. Um, in the middle of the tent, which by the way, the tents are not really tents. They're more like buildings. It's not like canvas, like PVC pipe or something like they're like real structures. So when I say tent, I'm referring to like this giant big structure that's not going to topple over in the middle of the tent. There is a section for standing tables and the servers definitely still serve you beer and food at these tables. And then around um, like the outside of this section, basically the rest of the tent are all the sit down tables. And while they might look nice while you're standing for hours, those are the people who get kicked out when reservation time kicks in, so to speak. But not you. If you're at the standing tables in the middle, those don't get reserved. As to my knowledge, because we have been there while everyone else around us got kicked out because it was reservation time. And we're like, yeah, this is okay. Now, now we're the ones who get to stay like, this is awesome. You know? So, um, you can stay later into the evening if you want, if you, if you go to that section, however, I would recommend going out to experience the rest of the fest outside the tent at some point in the evening or when it gets dark is kind of a perfect time too. the Ferris wheel is gorgeous at night and the rides are much more fun in the dark, I think. So the way we do it, we get to Oktoberfest in the morning, sometime mid morning. Um, usually it opens at like nine or 10. It's different on week weekdays and week ends, but um, we go straight to the tents to make sure that we get in and stay there for most of the day and then explore the outside at night. And that's usually what we do. And it's usually works great. So, all right. So along with the tents, um, is the question about reservations. You do not need reservations. Like I already said, you can walk into the tents. Reservations are both hard to get and expensive, you need to reserve well ahead of time. For example, I actually just checked and the Hofbrau tent is completely booked already for this year, every single day. And as far as cost goes, I'm sure that this varies by tent, but you have to, you have to check each tent's website individually for the reservation information. And to make reservations, you have to go through the tent itself. But I think that most of them require around 40 euros per person. And usually that will include some extent of food and drink vouchers. But that, in my opinion, is still expensive because you're still going to be buying, you know, beers and food beyond that. And um, I think that there's a, a, there might be a minimum as to how many people, I mean, I'm sure this, again, varies by tent, but there might be a minimum to how many people you can reserve with. And really they're hard to get. I will put a link on the show notes page that will point you in the right direction as far as reservations go. But if you want my advice, don't bother with them because you'll be up against corporations, you know, like German companies who um, book them for their employees or whatever it is, you know, celebrities, other people who are planning way in advance to get them. And the fact is you just really don't need them. And so I would say just, you know, skip, 
skip the whole idea of the reservation and then just go and just enjoy it. And if you get kicked out, you get kicked out. You know, it's all part of the experience and kicked out in a good way. It's fine. You're not getting kicked out for bad reasons. It's just that you don't have a reservation at when it gets to, you know, 3.30 in the afternoon or whatever it is. So, okay. So let's get to traditional and appropriate dress. I'm sure you have heard of lederhosen at some point. And this refers to the leather getup that the gentlemen wear at Oktoberfest with the suspenders, etc. And yes, I did say gentlemen because ladies, our traditional dress is actually called a dirndl. And that is referring to the, the corset corset type dresses with the white puffy sleeves or straps and the apron skirts. I'm sure you guys can picture that. Actually, I'll just put a picture of us in our traditional dress up on the show notes page so you can see what it looks like. Well, what it's supposed to look like because it seems to be common to see girls cross-dressed in lederhosen for some reason too these days. But in my opinion, this is a Bavarian tradition that we as Americans um, or any kind of foreigners for that matter have no place to mess with. So I just don't really understand that. Um, I would say if you're male, stick to lederhosen. If you're female, get a dirndl and you'll be good to go. Um, What I can tell you is that shorter above the knee dresses can mean that you are single and slightly longer than the knee dresses means that that you're taken. And the dirndl also comes with apron ties that wrap around your waist and tie in the front. So you can tie your knot or your bow on the left side if you're single and on the right side if you're taken. And I mean, obviously, I'm sure a lot of foreigners don't know about those things, but it's fun to know about. So I, uh, I actually have my own dirndl. Finally, we just got them on the last visit to Oktoberfest actually, but traditionally these outfits are expensive because of the detail and tailoring and and material that go into them. But you can find cheaper versions of them like we did at places like CNA and CNA is uh, just a department store in Europe. There happens to be one downtown Munich. We, so last time that we went to Oktoberfest, we were late in the, in, in the two weeks. I think we went on the last Friday. And so the Dirndl and Lederhosen were already marked down 20% at CNA, actually. So mine was 80 euros and Nate's was about 100 euros. And yes, those are the cheap ones. And those were on discount. So my brother actually bought them for us as a belated wedding gift. So thanks, Daryl. He's had one for years. So it was time that we joined him. So that's what we have, you know, that's what we wore last year. But, you know, and it's fun to dress in traditional attire when you attend Oktoberfest. But you can also just wear whatever you want. There's it's not like there's a dress code for Oktoberfest. So I hope that helps when figuring out what to wear there. There, like I said, there is a CNA in downtown Munich in the pedestrian shopping area. So you could always hit that up um, before you go to the fest so you can find they're not going to be the best quality, but they probably are definitely the best deal. So, and then you can walk to Oktoberfest from there, from downtown anyway. Okay. So let's talk a bit about what I consider as things that are not to be missed at Oktoberfest. I think even if you don't want to experience Oktoberfest for the party, I think 
you need to dip into the Hofbrau tent if you can, just to see what I'm talking about. It's so full of energy that you just might decide to stay for a while anyway. And also pop your head into another tent or two and, you know, see how the more sophisticated people do it. Um, quietly sipping their beers at their tables and getting pickles from the pickle man and enjoying a band on stage as well. Each tent is different. I mean, they're essentially going to be the same. They're both going to be, or they're all going to be oriented around serving beer and food and having, you know, music, but they all kind of do it differently. So, you know, take in what you can from each tent. Don't miss out on the Ferris wheel. And I do recommend doing it at night. It is situated at the end of like on the edge of the fest grounds. So you can see the entire fest stretched out before you, you know, while you're in the air, up high in the air. It's definitely a sight to see. Also ride the Olympic roller coaster. There's a roller coaster with five upside down loops um, in honor of the Olympics that were held in Munich in 1972. And it's super fun. And one thing about that, don't worry if you're fearing for the quality of these temporary rides. Um, Oktoberfest takes crews like 10 weeks to set up. And I know that the construction for 2014 has already begun. So it's not like they set these things up overnight. Don't worry about that. They are safe. Eat as much as you can. There are so many traditional foods at Oktoberfest. Just eat all day. That's going to be my advice to you, especially since you'll most likely be drinking all day. Keep eating. There's pretzels, chicken, radishes, pickles, fish sandwiches, more chicken. Chicken's a big one. Um, Spätzle, bratwurst. Just try as much food as you can because it's all traditional and it's half the fun. So, okay. And now for a few safety tips, just some words to the wise here. First of all, there is a tent staffed by the German Red Cross with about a hundred volunteer medics and doctors every single day at Oktoberfest, um, within the Oktoberfest ground. So if anyone in your party gets injured, that's where you can go for help. Um, I've never been there thankfully, but I do know it's there. I've seen the sign for it. So one year we were literally on the way out, like it was the end of the night and somehow we got separated from one of our friends and this friend did not have a cell phone. And so we split up to look for her and it turned out that half of our, one half of our group found her about an hour later at the train station. And she had gone there because she knew that we would have to get back on the train. And that does make sense. Um, so when she didn't find us, she left and went there to just wait. And I mean, it does make sense, but that situation was definitely scary. And so we came up with a plan for the next time that we went um, last year, actually, as soon as our group walked into Oktoberfest and approached the Hofbrau tent, you know, even though we were in a hurry, we wanted to get in before they, you know, possibly close the doors on us. We stopped every, we all stopped and we decided on a meeting point and we decided it would be right there next to one of the lion towers in front of the Hofbrau tent we decided that if any one of us were to get separated from the group, because we didn't have cell phones, um, that we would meet here at this lion tower. And I'm so glad we did this because it did happen again that year. 
when we realized that the missing person was not coming back to where we were, we headed to the meeting point and there he was. He had gone to the bathroom and forgotten where we had been standing and waiting for him. So he just went to the meeting point and that actually took, I would say more than half an hour and it was still scary, but I think this is really important. And I share this story because it was a great example of having a plan B that worked um, especially without cell phones, you know, so please do this. If you go to Oktoberfest for the safekeeping of your friends and yourself, if you're the one who gets misplaced. So, and also no matter how much you like beer, be responsible for yourself. I would say eat while you drink, try not to ruin your travel buddies days by getting completely wasted because seriously, that's not fun. You're not there to embarrass yourself and ruin your day. You're there and, you know, and everyone else's day. You're there to experience a 200-year-old Bavarian tradition. And, you know, while that does have to do with drinking really good beer, just be smart about it. And, you know, don't forget to eat and have some water every now and then, too. And I just have to add that in there because it's definitely an issue. And you will see your share of people who aren't responsible for themselves while you're at Oktoberfest. And so, okay. So I think that that takes care of everything I wanted to talk about for Oktoberfest. Um, and once again, I will have the notes and all the links I mentioned in this episode on the show notes page on my website, which you can find at www.thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash 14 for episode 14. And um, that being said, there's a comment section on that page as well, as well as, you know, every other show notes page. But if you have anything helpful to add about Oktoberfest, please do share that in the comments um, because it's helpful for everyone. All right. And I will be back with you next week. We have a guest interview with a guy who got a 15 flight, 45,000 mile year long round the world plane ticket for less than $1,100, which is incredible. And he's going to share how he did it. So be sure to stay tuned for that one next week. So thanks again for listening today and I'll see you guys next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.